There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. God, how the witness of the Holy Ghost down inside, you love other folks because you love Him. If you don't love the church, you don't love Him. If you have no desire to go to church, why, why would you want to go to heaven anyway if you don't love the saints of God down here? I think heaven will be real on the inside of you. Don't you think so? Now, don't look at me funny. I know you can get cold and indifferent. I understand you can get careless in your Christian walk. That's why you have to have a preacher. He's got to preach to you. Word of God is for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. So we have to be corrected and instructed and righteous. That's why you need a good pastor. Yeah. One fellow said, I belong to that big church up yonder. I said, oh, you do? Why don't you go up there? <laughs> don't be trying to kid me. People say that because they don't want to unite with a local church and be faithful under the local authority of a pastor in a local church and be submissive one to another like the Bible says to do and provoke one another to love and good works. I'm going to preach on that a while. You, you'd be surprised people around this country, and I don't even live down here, but I'd say 90% of people around here think they're saved. They won't even go to church. They think they're going to heaven, though. If they die, I told somebody a while back, I said, I don't really think you could hardly get to hell from Jamestown now. Because everybody dies. They overdose of drugs, kill themselves, and die in all kind of filth, and, and the preacher get up and talk like this over in heaven. They think heaven is a glorified West Virginia. You'd be surprised at the so-called Christians and preachers that I know. And they talk like if somebody dies, they're over there in the country music section. Or they're over there in the bluegrass section. Over there in the rock and roll section. They don't know nothing about God nor His Word. I'm not mad, I just have to preach the truth. Brother, when heaven gets on the inside of you, you'll love the heavenly place here and you'll know you're going to heavenly place over yonder and there won't be none of this other stuff going on that's going on down here now. Amen. Amen. You're suffering any persecution? Who's bothering you? If you live godly, you shall suffer persecution. They're going to call you an extremist. One fellow said, Mitchell's from the old school. I don't know if I can go that far back or not. I said, Mitchell's from the Bible school. You better go that far back. <laughs> Amen. You better be from the Bible school. What the Bible, the Bible talks to us all alike. The Bible says forth Jesus Christ as the Savior of sinners. When he saves you, he saves you from sin, from the love of sin, the pleasure of sin, the practice of sin. He saves you from the pleasure of sin. You don't like it no more, you got saved from it. If you're hobnobbing around, drinking whiskey and shooting dice and playing poker and chasing women and going three-fourths naked, one thing will cure you, that's a good old-fashioned dose of Holy Ghost salvation. That'll fix you up for heaven, won't it? 
Oh, I know you'll be called a, well, say they're extremists over there. They don't even believe in wearing shorts. And their women wears uh, uh, dresses and skirts to church. I've been in churches, Baptist churches, where they look, you thought she was going to a rodeo. They come in in bullfighting riches. And now, boy, the worst of it, they don't want the preacher to say anything about it. If I say something better, you know, the preacher, he gets all, all tight. You know, he's afraid they might vote him out because I preached against it. Man came to me not long ago and he said, you mean you don't believe in women to wear uh, pants to church? I said, I don't even believe in wearing them outside of church. They don't wear them out there. We're not no problem with them in here. Hey, you care if I tell you a little experience right here? You know what? I remember the first woman I ever saw in a pair of blue jeans. I used to play dance hall music and there wasn't but one or two wore them in there. They dressed more modest than the dance hall they do in most churches now. 50 or 60 years ago. That's not the worst of it. They don't want us to preach about it. They say, well, what people need is lifting up. Well, they need to be beat down first. Then lift them up. Don't you think so? Need to be corrected. Praise God. I like it, don't you? The Lord likes me to preach on that. A lot of people don't like it. They say, well, Mitchell just preaching his doctrine. He's just an old extremist. Everybody in the Bible that was right with God was an extremist. Everybody in the Bible was a right winger. Paul was an extreme preacher. He said, you got anything to say for yourself? Oh, yeah. He had a lot to say for himself. He always started the same place, back on the Damascus Road. You know, Peter was an extreme preacher. Hey, he said, there ain't no salvation, none other but Jesus Christ. He said, let all the house of Israel know surely this same Jesus you crucified, God's raised from the dead. You mean he talked to them folks like that? He talked to them like that, Acts 2, 36. He put the blame on them. You know what? You and me are to blame for the death of Christ. It was our sin that put him on the cross. If you don't plead guilty, you will never get pardoned from it. Sin's to blame. The first Adam sinned back yonder. Sin left his trail all these years. Not one home, not one individual has ever missed a result of that one sin. Not even Jesus Christ. He come down here because of that first sin. If you think sin won't destroy you, you follow it and you'll find out. Amen, the penitentiaries are filled. They don't have any place to put people in the penitentiaries, the jailhouses. Homes are wrecked with drugs and meth and everything else. And divorce courts are filled to capacity. They can't even get to all of them. Orphan children everywhere now, made by the multiplied thousands in America almost every day. Hells are popping and sins are raging. And brother, we better get back to God on our knees and try to have revival and stir us up on the inside. That's what we need. Old-fashioned sin-killing revival. That's the way they had meetings back when I was a boy. Happy is the fellow. Blessed is the person who endureth temptation. And when he's tried, he'll receive the crown of life the Lord gives to them that love him. Blessed. Talk about blessed are they that endureth temptation. Yeah, somebody said, you believe in enduring? I said, I do in that verse. Amen. Temptations endure, not enjoyed. Amen. Blessed is the person that endures temptation. We all have temptations. Blessed the person that endures. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to temptation. And so if you can endure temptation, you're a happy person. You overcome that temptation. By the grace of God, you can overcome temptation. 
There is no temptation taken you but such as the common man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which able, but will, with the temptation, make a way for your escape that you might be able to bear it. And we get over our temptation, through our temptation, because he gives us grace to overcome. It's not a one-time overcoming deal. It's a constant overcoming deal. I got some friends, and they live close. They're friends. They believe in a second, definite work of grace. Of course, I don't believe that, but they believe in entire sanctification. You know, that it's a work of grace, and you get blowed out, stumped, and all. You don't have any sin nature, you know. And I said, well, the only thing wrong with that, it's not so. I wish it was so. <laughs> yeah, but I said, it's not so. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, the grace of God helps us through our temptations. Everybody's tempted. No temptation taking you such as the common man. But God is faithful. Not Mitchell being faithful. God is faithful. We will not suffer to be tempted above that which we're able. But will, with the temptation, make a way for your escape that you might be able to bear it. So we overcome our temptation because God is faithful. I was in a meeting. I might have told this up in West Virginia years ago in a tent meeting. And there's a two-works preacher there, and he had helped him put up the tent, and he's taking part in the meeting. And finally, the, on Friday morning, the meeting's about over, and the moderator got up close to me, and he said, you think it'd hurt to let that fellow preach? I said, I don't think. He said, he's a two-works preacher. I said, we can take that. Sure, let him preach. i never forget, he's a little short fellow. He got up and said, praise God. said, I believe in two works of grace, and both of them are working. And I said, amen. That's better than believing one work and it won't work. <laughs> so I thought that was all right. You, you, can be, you can be right in your heart and messed up in your head. I think he's a good fella. Certainly I do. I've got a neighbor that's a good man. He's the best man, I guess, in Fentress County. But he, he, thinks he's, he thinks he's got the second work of grace. They think it's one big gigantic step. And that's the entire sanctification, they call it. Now, I guess it started with Charles. John Wesley, they call themselves Wesleyans. But now, that can't be so. See, now they turn around and preach that you can produce perfection by taking that one gigantic step. Then they turn around and preach you can sin and be lost. Well, you couldn't sin if you didn't have a sin nature. See, that tells you them good folks, they know about salvation, I think, but they don't understand the doctrine of salvation. They think that they got two works of grace, and they think they don't never sin, then if they do sin, then they fall from grace. See, it's really messed up. No one, one, of the, one of the fellows drove me to the doctor. I'll just tell this. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 
1-800-227-1706. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.